Top five stories today coming up in moments. 405-329-9000. If you're on hold, I'm going to get to you before the top five stories of the day. But we are – and I hear you. I see you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439, area code 405-651-3439. We are going to get to the Baylor women's basketball coaches post-game rant, which, again, I, I can understand the frustration after losing, but – I hope Nikki Collin doesn't hurt her elbow patting herself on the back because she allowed the players to warm up. Anyway, so I got an answer to your question, which at the top of the hour you had asked, when was the last time that KU had back-to-back consecutive losses in Allen Fieldhouse? Right? Yes. Can I take a guess? Sure. I don't think it was any time recently. Right. Not in the self era. Nope. I'm going to say it predated the – I'm going to say – what year was Roy Williams' first year? I'm going to say 1989. Uh, oh! It was 1988-1989 season. <laughs> Roy oh, Williams' first year. That's the last time that Kansas had consecutive losses – in Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> how about that? How about how about a little Jayhawks trivia for you? Look at you. You'd be my life that, on that front. I, I, I want it known. That legitimately was not in any way coordinated. I had no idea about that statistic. That was just no. Just I found it sort of ballparking. Break. By the way, Kansas, Kansas. I'm talking to you right now. How come I have to go to the Baylor website to find your game notes? What are we doing up in Lawrence? Do you know who the two teams were that they lost to? I was just looking up their 88-89 season as we speak. And it looks like the back-to-back losses came to Kansas State and Missouri. Wow. So, like, the worst possible result for a Kansas fan. And it looked like it was the start of not just back-to-back losses at Allen Fieldhouse, but a stretch of four straight losses at Allen Fieldhouse where they lost to Kansas State, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, who was number one at the time, and then finally bounced back where they went over Colorado. That, Josh, based on my mini-research, was an eight-game losing streak during Roy Williams' first season. Now, that was a probation year for Kansas, correct? Uh, I believe so, yes. Because Larry Brown left and they were under probation. I believe that's how it went. Wild. Yep, um, you're right. The season remains as of the 2021 tournament. Oh, The most recent tournament that Kansas failed to qualify due to an NCAA-imposed postseason ban. What, do you have the scores in that four-game losing streak? Uh, I have it all right here in front of me. Okay, now, unless, what were they? Unless someone went and changed it on Wikipedia. So they lost to Kansas State 71-70. to They lost to number 5 Missouri at the time 91-66 to at Allen Fieldhouse. Their next game at home was their third straight. Well, they went to Nebraska and lost by four. Then they came back home and lost by six to Oklahoma State. They lost by 13 at Missouri. The Sooners beat them in Allen Fieldhouse in overtime 94-89 to before, for some reason, a a random game at Duke 
And then a loss. By the way, they lost 102-77 that year at Duke. And then they lost at Iowa State 97-89. So even in that stretch of the four consecutive home losses, it wouldn't have been by back-to-back losses by double figures. I'm just thinking if for some oh, reason you're saying. Okay. Baylor goes up there and sort of controls the thing similar to Kentucky. I don't think that's how it'll play out. I'll, no. I'll, I'll pick Kansas to bounce back because guess what? History tells us that's a, a good way to gamble here. Yeah, I, but. I think you're going back to like the 70s if you go that far back. Be pretty interesting though, wouldn't it? Unreal. All right, um, let's listen. I owe you the top five stories today. Benny has been hanging in there, though. Let's get in Benny before we roll through these. What's going on, Benny? Chris, good morning. Good morning, Benny. How, How are you doing, you? my friend? Hey, okay. first of all, my com- I got a comment and some questions for you. I enjoyed your broadcast of the game uh, Wednesday night, the, you, the Baylor defeat. Uh, my second question is: I heard you saying something, and I don't. You, you, I'd, I'd like for you to explain it to me. What is face guarding? Because you were saying the Baylor girl was face guarding T-Rob, and yeah, I didn't know what you mean by yeah, that. Yeah, they just, as soon as she came across half court, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if that would be the professional term, but she picked her up, and she was just, she was on her from the moment that she came across half court. And she just, her, her whole thing was she was in her face the whole time. Okay. And so as soon well, as I- Taylor Robertson basically turned to go play offense, this it was her responsibility, and she was all over her. Like, in sometimes you might see players shift. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Even whenever Taylor Robertson didn't have the basketball, uh, this girl was right up on her. So I just, yeah. A, a lot yeah. of times defensively, w- what you would typically see is, unless you're operating out of a full-court pressure right. defensively, a lot of times it's pretty casual dribbling the basketball up across – the timeline and half court, and then mm-hmm. you get a couple steps of the three-point line, and okay, your, your defender will come up and, and start playing defense on you. What Plank is saying is, no, they, they picked yeah. him up straight away. Yeah. Straight away, okay. My next question is uh, on the signing there. Didn't OU sign a punter or a place kicker on that group too? They, they did, right, Josh? But I think he might be in that same group with Colden. Where we might not hear about it till he comes in, or he okay. might just be a he might just be a preferred walk on. Preferred, okay. So I don't but, I don't know if they announce those or not. To be honest with you, yeah, okay. he wasn't listed. I, he was offered a scholarship oh, okay. to to my understanding. So I think you had it initially, Plank. Probably okay. just not here yet. Not here. My last question is: I'll be looking forward for what next Thursday the tenth when you start the play by play on the softball games, and I'll be calling TJ and. And Josh, to see what times games are going to be, and hopefully it'll be on on that uh, that fifteen sixty. I prefer to be on one hundred seven point seven, where you can hear it better in the evening. But I'm looking forward to the another national championship this year. And you did an excellent job, and I really appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, Benny. I you all have it. a blessed weekend, and take care. Thanks, Benny. guys. I appreciate uh, the uh, the question, the answer on the face guarding. Yeah, I just I don't even know. I I might check with Kevin Henry. Um, maybe Toby would have a a better term to use. But literally, this at a couple of stretches during the game, and it usually came after timeout. So maybe it was after someone kind of got yelled at for their effort. Mm-hmm. You would see. All right, this person is all over Taylor Robertson from the moment that they got across half court, but. It was, it was a wild night. And, uh, uh, you know, when people say face guarding 
in sports, in a lot of circumstances, means that, well, you're, you're using your hand to cover the, the opponent's face. Like if they're right. like rising to take a shot or whatever, right. or, you know, passes coming in and you're trying to receive it uh, in football and you kind of put your hand up to block their eyes. Look at us. Who would have thought? All right, let's roll. Um, we got five stories to hit that we haven't really gone as in-depth on as we want, so let's roll through them, and then we'll kind of expand after the break. So here in Hour 3, which is, Josh, as always, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, correct? That is correct. Locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker at Roof Tech of Oklahoma a call for all of your roofing needs, 405 703 4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. All right, let's hit big story number five. Number five. All right, here you go. Uh, An updated look at the schedule for OU this weekend. Women's gymnastics has officially been moved to Sunday. So this Sunday, the OU women's gymnastics team will welcome TWU. That's the Women's University, not Texas Western, by the way. Um, At 4 o'clock. So 4 o'clock Sunday, that's the one adjustment that I see for now. Wrestling is still in action. That starts tonight against Little Rock inside the McCaslin Fieldhouse. I think Josh Toby Rowland is on the call for wrestling this weekend. How about that? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, So wrestling. Little Rock. Women's tennis is home for a double dip against New Mexico State. I know that we have the the diehard women's tennis supporters that hit us up on Twitter. They want to see you out there. Uh, It's fun inside of the Headington Tennis Complex. So that's at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Saturday. Also on Saturday, Bedlam Basketball. We talked about it a bit. 11 a.m. tip between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. 3 o'clock that afternoon for West Virginia and OU and women's basketball. And then as we mentioned again, Gymnastics moved to Sunday at 4 o'clock against TWU. Anything on the hoop side that we need to to hit on that Coach Moser talked about with Toby that we need to go more in depth on? It seems as if they're going to be relatively healthy heading into tomorrow's game. Feels that way. And obviously there's a sense of of urgency for Oklahoma in this game, but you sort of combat that with just the fact that it's Bedlam and – what Mike Boynton said, which is, for lack of a better descriptor, this is basically the Super Bowl for yeah. Oklahoma State season with no Big 12 tournament or postseason. Uh, Oklahoma State, of course, coming off a tough 71-68 loss to Kansas State the other night. They have lost four straight games, six of their last eight, but they did beat TCU somehow in that mix. 11 a.m. tip tomorrow. Sooners, of course, looking to break their own skid See if they can get it rolling. Okay, big story number four. Number four. You surprised to see Doug Peterson, Josh Helmer, as the new head football coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not necessarily. And the reason being, Doug Peterson, regarded as very, very bright offensive mind, has a Super Bowl win, which he won with Nick Foles playing quarterback. So given that the most important piece of the puzzle for the Jacksonville Jaguars today and going forward is Trevor Lawrence and what happens for him this season and beyond and the development there. It it makes sense from that perspective that you bring somebody in Doug Peterson in who has that track record, has that 
cachet that, okay, he's going to get the most out of even what's regarded as less in quarterbacks, say, like a Nick Foles. I think it's a really good hire. And I understand that the there's concerns over the five coaching hirings so far being all white coaches. There is four remaining vacancies. We'll see what Houston, Miami, Minnesota, and New Orleans decide to do. I know that Brian Flores is a finalist at Houston. I think that there's a really good chance that he could end up in the mix at New Orleans. But, again, it's an issue that's being debated and discussed all across the sports landscape today. I would say I think that, you know, one area that has been kind of impressive is the front office hirings. You've seen um, a lot of teams that have – really dipped from that ready pool that they've put together, which I think is smart by the NFL. Uh, Champ Kelly just got hired yesterday by the Raiders as their assistant GM. So uh, we'll see what these other four teams decide to do, even though it seems as if Minnesota is going to hire Kevin O'Connell, who's the offensive coordinator for the Rams. And speaking of the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow was asked yesterday about the chemistry in the Bengals locker room. Here's what he said. No, there's not one guy on the team that I wouldn't feel comfortable hanging out off the field with. I would text just about anybody on the team about a, a function that we were going to. And I think that's one, it's a rare thing. And two, I think really that's one of the, the top reasons why we're in the position that we're in. Speaking of the Super Bowl, big story number three. Number three. All right, all your stupid cross props are starting to come out. Here's one that I had to laugh at a little bit. Now, this would be a bit of an investment. Um, the combination of Cooper Cup total receptions at the Super Bowl and U.S. gold medals at the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. Um, here's another one. I, is that, that's just got to be for that day, right? Wouldn't it be? I mean, we're going to get more than like 12 gold medals at the Winter Olympics, aren't we? Uh, here's a cross-sport one, too. Uh, total first downs in the Super Bowl or Trey Young's total combined points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks as Atlanta plays at Boston. <laughs> that day. That's awesome. Uh, one more that, that Trey Young is all over these. Um, what will be higher? These are what will be higher conversations. Completed minutes by the first score in the Super Bowl or Jalen Brown total rebounds versus the Hawks? I, I think How do I, they tabulate that? I, Is I that know, right? That's like minutes from when the like actual real real time minutes or here's, like game time minutes? Yeah, good question. Here's here's a good one for you, Josh. Matt Stafford total pass completions in the Super Bowl or the total players under par at the 2022 Masters. Hmm. Wow. I, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say completions for staff. Yeah, and, and Burrow has the exact same prop. Maybe we need to send that on to our golf guys for their show tomorrow morning. But we're getting there. Uh, Kevin Dimoff is the, I guess, G president of the Los Angeles Rams. He was asked about kind of trying to flip fans for this game. There's so many fans who grew up from 1995 through 2016 without a team to root for. Now that we are back in Los Angeles, that is not the case. But there are so many parents and people who moved here in that time frame who root for other teams, as they should. It's not about flipping someone 
who's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan who grew up in Pittsburgh and moved to Los Angeles and becoming a Rams fan. That's great if it happens, but that may not be a realist. What it's about is their kids who are eight, nine, 10 years old growing up wearing Cooper Cup jerseys. Yeah. He is the executive vice president of football operations, just to be clear, for Kevin Dimoff, who is tired of you taking over his stadium. Probably should go ahead and try and flip some of those parents who are buying the tickets. Thank you. Good call. Big story number two. Number two. We're going to table big story number two, which is Jimbo fighting back and a statement from Brian Harson this morning on his future with Auburn. In a word, quote, not planning on going anywhere. <laughs> In a word, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I ain't leaving. And I got more Brent Venables with big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. But I did want to share one thing to kind of pay off big story number one. So we just dropped the podcast where Caleb Kelly sat down with the players, right? The mid-year enrollees. It's really good and well worth your time. Listen to it. You hear from them all. Um, But Nick Evers, quarterback out of – what's he out of Texas? Committed to Florida. Caleb Kelly asked him why he chose Oklahoma, and from Nick Evers, this answer got me pretty fired up. I mean, one is, I mean, the tradition of OU, obviously, what they were saying. Um, I mean, OU football, I mean, speaks for itself. You look at his past, I mean, it's the greatest program of all time. Um, So, you know, it's super appealing to me, and I think one of the main things that made me commit um, so quick as well, because I was originally committed to Florida for like the longest time, and mm-hmm. you know situations didn't work out over there. Um, and I think like what what made me commit so fast was um, the family atmosphere that the coaches are providing. Um, yeah. You know, they're really making everyone feel um, feel at home. You know, just you know, they're just super super big on relationships, and that's something I pride myself on in my recruiting process. That's something big big for me is just like. You know, just knowing that I'm taken care of when I move out the house. And, you know, they got my back just like I got their back. And, you know, just creating that environment with the team. How everyone's just one team. So, Loved it. That's uh, freshman quarterback Nick Evers in the roundtable with Caleb Kelly. We'll hear more from Brent Venables. we got to hit this Brian Harson, Jimbo Fisher stuff. And I owe you the angry Baylor women's basketball coach. It's all coming up in the final 39 minutes of the Plank Show. Do you know what I don't care about, Josh? I, and and I hope everyone will. I things are done to p- make you mad, generate interaction, reaction. If you ignore Stuart Mandel's stupid preseason top twenty-five, you're you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. I just I had to laugh because. Stuart Mandel threw out a self-grandizing tweet, which was the funny thing. I had Oklahoma in my top 25 in January and barely heard a peep. Left them out this time, mostly because a couple teams passed them and the pitchforks are out. And I'm like, who cares? What? I don't mind Stuart Mandel. I don't care if Oklahoma's in his top 25, Josh. I couldn't care less. How and could he possibly, how? though – think Oklahoma's not one of the 25 best teams because he wants you to react to him he sounds like this when he talks so yeah I was gonna say if you listen to any of the Stuart Mandel on a podcast you probably wouldn't care I mean listen I don't mind Stuart I can't listen to his podcast because I need to stay awake and 
the idea that y'all would be getting mad, I haven't even checked the mentions. It might be like two people. That's another thing we do on Twitter is we very overly dramatic. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting crushed by people that are telling me that my opinion is wrong. And you search their name and it's like one dude. Like, what? there's one guy sitting here yelling. Yeah, toughen up, Stu. Tony Crow uh, may get a follow from me. Tony, you know what? As a matter of fact, I think I am. I become a follower of at T Crow 59 because his reply was, I'm more upset at my fellow OU fans who actually give a flying, you know what, who's in your top 25. Good Bravo, job, T. Tony. Crow. You got to follow, buddy. I don't even think you follow me. I don't care. You're my guy. Tony Crow, by the way, uh, probably not this Tony Crow, but Tony Crow was one of my freshman Really? Football coaches. <laughs> he was awesome. awesome. So the portal becomes a big conversation, and understandably so. And a payoff number one, as part of Brent Venable's meeting with the media yesterday, Oklahoma brings in nine portals, uh, <laughs> nine players from the portal. It will likely eventually be ten with C.J. Colton, who is, by what I've learned, still expected at the end of the semester. And Ryan Aber asked Coach Venables, hey, do you think there needs to be some change as it pertains to the transfer portal? Well, there's no question that there has to be some adjustment. I, I think it's tough on both kids and, and coaches that are trying to manage rosters. Kids um, need to have, a, you know, a little bit more uh, guidelines, if you will. And I think us adults uh, providing uh, some boundaries uh, to uh, help guide them and help them navigate uh, just from a, a timing standpoint. Um, but I think that's a two-way street for both coaches, you know, to manage their rosters from a timely standpoint, be able to maintain that and still be able to adhere to an 85 scholarship number. There, there logistically could be some, uh, <clears throat> there could be some, some challenges there. Uh, again, a place like Oklahoma, I believe it, it should always be in a pretty good position. Uh, and there's some places that are going to just be devastated uh, for whatever reason, whether it's a coaching change or maybe there's a cultural issue or for whatever reason, you just have one of those years where you got a bunch of guys that are decide to pack up and, and move on. And uh, so, you know, I think, I think having some uh, boundaries, uh, you know, for both the coaches and the, and the players from a timely standpoint can be really beneficial. Um, again, as it stands, uh, you know, with no restriction on, um, uh, you know, obviously you can't transfer twice. You have to sit out, but um, just there's no reason to pause. I know I've said that before. Uh, I, I believe that we should incentivize it uh, for, you know, with graduation in mind. I think the more um, unstable the environment, I'm just skipping from one school to the next. And, and again, not having some stick to itness and uh, just some patience in the process, you know, for whatever, whether it's a, a you know, you get a coaching change or you get, uh, uh, you know, maybe somebody's not sitting in a favorable position on the depth chart or they come in and they're just not as mature as they need to be. And all of it face a little bit of strain for the first time in their, in their careers. Uh, just give them a, a reason to pause, you know, uh, to me again, just the 20, 22 year old version and how they think is going to be a lot different than the, a 17, 18, 19-year-old version. Uh, and uh, just from a maturity standpoint and being able to see the future, I just think it would help everybody. Uh, but most importantly, the kids to be able to 
incentivize it for graduation and you can get that year back if you if you had to go and you had to sit uh you know it make you think twice before you you're you're in a hurry to to uh, to jump ship so i think that to me as a as a dad of you know four children and two nephews that have lived with us and we put through college uh just knowing again from a judgment standpoint uh, they need they need you know some some guidelines some boundaries in my opinion I like it. I think the problem that we all have is, all right, so the toothpaste is out of the tube on this. What do those boundaries look like, Josh? Is there a a date? Is there a stretch where you say, okay, um, here's, here's when you can and here's when you can't transfer. This is when the – this is going to sound corny. Don't make fun of me. This is when the portal opens up. This is when the portal closes, right? I mean, I just – I, I would love something of that nature because I do think you sent me a note yesterday that blew my mind. I don't know why I went radio guy on that, but it blew my mind. Did you realize? And this was this was courtesy of at Rivals Portal. Um one thousand four hundred and eight scholarship players have entered the portal. Since August 1st, 55 players withdrew. So 1,353 remained. 764 players found a new home. 589 remain in the portal. Now, I'm not good at math, but I would say a 56% success rate in finding a new home. I don't think that's very good, Josh. Not good at all. I don't think it's good. Um and the the other part of this the and and the total is getting closer to 2000. The 1973 FBS players, scholarships and walk-on have now officially entered the portal since August 1st. The cycle will end on July 31st and it's actually uh, a little bit less than last year, but significantly more than 19 and 20 and 18 and 19. And we've seen that around here at Oklahoma. I mean, Justin Harrington was a guy that has entered the portal and not come back out of it. And that's disappointing. I, I hate when that happens for guys. That's why I think, again, when you – here, Lincoln Riley, who probably shouldn't be talking about this, given that he's sort of, uh, sure. you know, made such a living off of the transfer portal. He he is right when he says that it would be it would be better with some guardrails, with some guidelines, like Coach Venables is saying right there. I just think a a set time when you can enter the portal and. Then if you're not entered, you're where you're at. I love it. I love it. You must be in by this date. I mean, that's – and I'll tell you what. I am maybe a little bit guilty of this. You know, and when I say guilty of it, getting fired up about a guy before I ever saw him on the field. But Justin Harrington had my attention, right? He was a guy that when you look at him, you're like, dang, man, I can't wait to see him in a uniform. And it just – Never materialized. And guess where he is? Still in the portal. 
right, 11.35, Plank Show rolls on with the news, according to Josh. Next. I don't know what it looks like. Um, I've, I've put a lot of thought into it. I've tried to, I've tried to think about what the best timeline would be. Maybe you have two open periods. Maybe you have three. Portals open from blank to blank uh, after spring, from blank to blank after the first semester, and blank to blank after the second semester. I guess that second semester would be after spring, right? So you have two open periods. One of them is from, you know, December 15th to January 15th, and the other is from May to June. And there you go. I do love Brent Venables, though, getting real and saying, you know, it's the reality is your minds can change. You don't need to rush into things. Speaking of rush, we got to rush to break. News is next. So there, um, since I, I don't, I try to be smart about not turning this into talking about my team very often, Josh, but there seems to be a lot of buzz building that maybe the Raiders won't extend Derek Carr. So I'm confused. I just saw Benjamin Albright's tweet because someone asked him your thoughts on a destination for Jimmy Garoppolo. I like Benjamin Albright a lot. Um, And he tweeted, I don't know. Everyone is eyeing the Raiders situation and if they extend Carr or not. Washington and Houston jump out. People have suggested Denver, but I don't think that's a thing. They're all in on Rodgers, but I hear Green Bay is trying to offer him a monster deal. I would much rather have Jimmy Garoppolo in Denver than Aaron Rodgers, to be honest. (laughs) If it was up to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, get Jimmy G in Denver. Let's go. Like Drew Locke 2.0. Now watch. He's going to end up on the Raiders. I'm going to have to completely bulk the tape on that one. No, I mean, look at this. He's awesome. Turnovers are not on him. He's not getting any protection. That's what happens. Uh, Meanwhile, Josh, do you have the Brian Harson news in your news, according to Josh, by chance? Uh, no, so let's uh, share it here. All right, so Brian Harson came out, and there's a lot of – now, listen, far be it from anyone in the SEC to fact check. I think we're guilty of this now in Sooner Country, too. But Brian Harson told ESPN Today, and I quote, I'm the Auburn coach, and that's how I operate every day. I want this thing to work, and I've told our players and told everybody else, there is no plan B. I'm not planning on going anywhere. This was and is my job. That's why I left the one I was in, to come here and make this place a championship program and leave it better than I found it. Meanwhile, his wife just took to Instagram, quote, rumors are carried by haters, spread by fools, and accepted by idiots. Oh, it's on. Let's go. Brian Harson fighting for his job with the help of his wife. We'll see if it works. All right, let's hit the news. News according to Josh time at 1143 on a Friday. It's time for the news according to Josh. People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48. All the news that matters to us. What you're about to see is a Channel 4 News exclusive. His name is Nutty the Squirrel, and he's three years old. How about that? (laughs) 
<laughs> that squirrel can water ski. And hopefully it matters to you. Now, with the news, here's Josh Helmer. <laughs> what a week in the, in the SEC, right? On Monday, Austin Davis, the new offensive coordinator at Auburn, resigned. Tuesday, you had Lane Kiffin calling out A&M's recruiting. Wednesday, Saban fired a shot at Jimbo, who fired back at Saban and Lane. Thursday, Brian Harson's future at Auburn is into overdrive. No one even has talked about Pete Golding getting a DUI for Alabama. I can't wait to see what today brings. I do think today might be the end of the Herm Edwards era in, in Arizona, at Arizona State. By the way. Really? Yeah, I think he's done. I think they're going to fire him today. We'll see. Friendly invitation, everyone. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning until noon. It's the inaugural show. That's right. It's the gimme zone for all of you golf lovers out there. Myself, alongside Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds. We've got a star-studded guest list for you. Andy Dillard will be on the show. That'll be uh, second half, I want to say, of the 10 o'clock hour. Oklahoma Headman's golf coach. The number one ranked Sooners. Ryan Hibble is on the show. And Josh Creel as well. Hope everybody will be a part of it. We've, uh, we're trying to find out some creative ways to set up maybe like a fan duel group of some sort where Whoa. we can do some some giveaway stuff and whoever our weekly winner is can uh, could get a I think a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card so okay. all right you want to tune in for that I'm excited about this show um, because there was a lifetime that I lived where I used to get to golf every Saturday many many years ago and I don't think there's anything better than having a golf related show to listen to while you're going to the course so let's go are you getting up and being – do you have to come into the studio and be a part of it or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I I am uh... – Did I ruin your Ryan Hibble interview yesterday? <laughs> no, you did not. Okay. It was all good. Okay. Who is awesome, by the way. Great. It's so good. You, you will want to tune in specifically to hear Coach Hibble. He was so, so great. Um, but I will say, uh, I, I have to laugh. Because I love Ryan Hibble so much, and I think he's such a great interview, and I love having him on our show. Don't follow me on Twitter. Kind of hurts a little bit. I won't lie. All right, where do you want to go next, Josh? That is harmful. That yeah, hurts. I can understand where that would uh, hurt your feelings a little bit. Oklahoma, we've got a busy weekend across the board. It's my understanding men's tennis playing at Arkansas at 1 o'clock, and then I think Wichita State at six. Women's tennis. What, what does women's tennis have going on? They're busy the Mexico too. State is in town for a double dip. Now, again, they, they'll be indoors, so you don't have to worry about getting too chilly if you go out to the Headington Tennis Complex Saturday, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., two matches against New Mexico State before they travel to play in Madison, Wisconsin in the ITA National Indoors. Let's go. I don't know. You tell me. Am I putting too much on it? Obviously, there's a lot of opportunities left on the schedule for Oklahoma and for Porter Moser. I'm kind of feeling like if OU loses at Oklahoma State, probably no dancing shoes this year. I feel like this game is that important to Oklahoma. Bedlam tomorrow, 11 a.m. from Gallagher-Iba Arena. The women, by the way, hosting West Virginia inside the – LNC tomorrow, 3 o'clock. It is the Play 4K pink game. 
It is. Um, okay, so two, two things real quick. On the men's side of things, Josh, and I know you got – I won't try to get too bogged down. But Oklahoma is still 40th in the net. Oh, 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 sorry. OU is still 40th in the net. OSU is 61st. So if my understanding is correct, and I think I updated this not too long ago, but I think a road win over a top 70 team is a quad one win. So if they can improve that quad one record, which is currently for Oklahoma at, I want to say like a three. Yeah, they're three and seven in quad one games. I think, I, I, I think they're going to be okay, but you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. We are entering into this stretch of games to where a, a showdown with a team like Oklahoma State is desperately and definitely must-win territory. The rest of the Big 12 schedule, well, it looks like this. 1 o'clock, number 14, Texas Tech. This is uh, men's basketball. Number 14, Texas Tech at West Virginia. 20th ranked Iowa State. They go to number 23, Texas, Longhorn Network game, 1 o'clock. On ESPN, 3 o'clock from Allen Fieldhouse, can Kansas avoid back-to-back home losses when they welcome in number 8 Baylor? And then last but not least, down in Fort Worth, Kansas State and TCU. Oklahoma's women's team, by the way, in the most recent bracketology from College of Sports Madness, it hasn't been updated in February yet, but they were still the five. Charlie Cream most updated his bracketology on the fourth. And currently, Cream has Oklahoma still as a five. Oh, pardon me. Hold on. Update. I feel like I need my Unsolved Mysteries music. He has moved Oklahoma to a four, hosting its own regional with a first-round matchup against Southern Illinois. How about that? Big time. Big time. That is huge. Charlie Cream has updated his bracketology, has Oklahoma as a four seed against SIU Carbondale. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. We got to take a final T.O. By the way, so that is right. For Oklahoma, I have this written down in my notepad, but now that Blaine just texted me, I'll always keep it here. Since they're on the road, it's a team 1 through 75. And Oklahoma State, in the net rankings, was in the top 50, which is was surprising to me whenever I saw that. So Oklahoma will indeed have a chance for a quad one win this weekend against Oklahoma State. Why does that keep popping up uh, against Oklahoma State? So, yeah, Oklahoma State 61 in the net rankings. That's top 75. Every team in the Big 12, by the way, is in the top 75 right now. So every game would be a on the road would be a quad one win. How about that? Less right, is quick, more. Less is more. Quick uh, break. Back to wrap up the Plank Show next. So a couple of quick reminders for you. Number one. Steely and Thune at noon coming up next. Number two, we didn't get to the Jimbo Fisher rant yesterday. I think it's going to be somewhat evergreen, but which means timeless. We can get to it at any point. But, man, I sure am fascinated to kind of drill a little deeper on, you know, does he have a point? Does he just need to accept that, hey, bottom line, more than anything else, you're going to have 
people that question you and it's not a bad thing? I don't know. I just, it seems odd that this man gets so triggered, but it's college football. So let's go. We'll take it. I won't complain about it. Um, also, Auburn President Jay George, sorry, sorry, Jay Gogwe has released a statement. Says, quote, I just want you to know we're involved in trying to separate fact from fiction. We'll keep you posted and make the appropriate decision at the right time. Hmm. Here's my question. When we come back on Monday, Monday's headlines today, is Brian Hardison still the head coach at Auburn, Josh Helmer? I'm going to say yes. Has Oklahoma beaten Oklahoma State in college basketball? I'm going to say no. Ooh, tough trip to Stillwater. Will the OU women defeat West Virginia at home? Yes. Will the Baylor women's basketball coach still be crying? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think, think she's got uh, an appointment to continue sobbing well into the weekend. Well, she. I mean, listen, listen. She was all about player safety. I mean, she wanted to make sure those girls got stretched and warmed up and then wanted to point a finger at them for being late. <laughs> Nothing they can do. All right, hey, have a great weekend. Don't forget our golf show tomorrow morning. I'm fired up about it. What, 10 to noon tomorrow morning? 10 to noon, the gimme zone. Hope everybody will tune in, text the show. We love it. Or as my man Arnie Spanier would say, the give me zone. Y'all have a great weekend. Be blessed. Steely and Thune at next. Uh, Steely and Thune at noon are next. Our show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, and at Sports Talk fourteen hundred. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, Monday, Monday, Monday. Later.